Hello, listeners. We're back. The Agency KPI Podcast Insight is back. I'm Jason Meeker. I'm thrilled you're here. This is the place where you meet the most interesting people in insurance and hear their stories. I am so happy. I am joined today by Dan Goodwin, who I work with here at Agency KPI. Dan will tell you that he has almost too much experience in insurance. He was with Nationwide for over 20 years. And together, we are going to interview our guest, Ron Berg. Ron Berg, he's the executive director of the Big Eyes Agents Council for Technology. Ron Berg is a great guy. He's got a great background in insurance and in technology, and he plays guitar. What more do you need to know? Let's hear the podcast. Ron. Dan, good to have you today on the podcast. You both been in the insurance industry for a number of years. How do you know each other? Do you recall where you met? I think so, Dan. And you you can tell me if I'm just making this up out of the blue, but I think we met after hours, if I recall. And it might have been Reno AMSUG, which is now NetView Accelerate. Um, it was after hours. I was sitting with Jim Armitage. Um, enjoying a, a nice adult bourbon. And uh, I think you came by and introduced yourself, if I remember correctly. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you remember in a lot more detail. I remember um, being new to the industry and new to uh, um, this whole kind of agency technology. And Ron was working for another carrier at the time. And I remember going to the conference and Ron was one of the people that my mentor, who I was taking his position, said, Dan, I'm going to introduce you to the people you need to know, not the people who want to know you. His feeling was, Ron Berg is who you need to meet. So it was pretty easy as I as I went up and met Ron, and we've created a friendship. And really, mine was based on a lot of mutual respect for everything that Ron's done, his knowledge from a carrier side, um, and then coming into the industry. And so most conferences, I'd run into Ron, and then I would try to meet him for a, a drink or at least a dinner or something at almost yeah. every event. So I, I do recall this buff guy, Dan, is, had been working out like there's no tomorrow. And I'm sitting there and I've been working out a little <laughs> bit. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to give up now. Let's let's just talk work. But that was Reno, which was just this, as anybody who was at that conference, just everything that could happen at a conference happened. There was an earthquake, a snowstorm, high winds, a fire, and a power outage. The only thing that didn't happen was lo- locusts. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'd love to hear more about your background, Ron. Uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, central Minnesota. I'm from lake country. Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes. It's actually closer to 12,000. Um, come from central Minnesota, farm country. Uh, grew up in a little town that was kind of like, I think of it as Mayberry North. Nobody locked the doors. Uh, even when we went on vacation, just tell the the police that we were gone on vacation and grew up working farms, uh, working resorts, which are around lakes and and uh, kind of just got into computers in high school when you had a teletype that was hooked to a faraway university and you'd put in a command and wait a few minutes and something will come back. So uh, I was I was at the very forefront of computer education, at least in my area of the U.S. That's great. Um, you know, before we get into insurance, I, I have to ask, because I, I see a guitar in the background there. Uh, I guess you play guitar. 
when did you start? Who, who taught you how to play? Uh, I did. I moved to the Twin Cities, uh, coming from this small town, assumed everybody looked at me and saw this hayseed. So I was really self-conscious and kind of hung by myself at first, not knowing that most people in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis-St. Paul, moved there from someplace else too. And so the, the house I was renting from a lady who was a friend of my parents had a guitar sitting there. So I just picked it up and started playing and kept listening to the radio and playing along. And I've never really had any training. Playing along with albums, ruining albums by picking up the needle and playing <laughs> over a passage. I can play most things by ear, but I couldn't play something from sheet music if you held a gun to my head. What's your favorite guitar? Uh, that's like saying, what's your favorite flavor of chocolate or permutation of chocolate? Um, I, I love the Les Paul sound. I've had Les Pauls for years, that thick um, Almond Brothers singing type sound or uh, Guns N' Roses thickness, the, the typical hard rock sound or heavy blue sound. But I also love Strat, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He is my guitar hero. So uh, set up, once I learned about Stevie Ray Vaughan, I set up all of my equipment to sound like him. And I love the flexibility of a Strat, the, the uh, twanginess. So what I have now is called a Schecter, which is kind of oh, yeah. not, not the best of both worlds, but it's one of the better compromises that you can get that balance of Les Paul without the huge weight of of a Les Paul, which when you sing and play guitar, you got to be able to yeah, they're take heavy. breath in. That Les Paul weighs down those shoulders, so it's tougher. So I like mm-hmm. my Schecter a lot. Oh, that's great. I could talk about guitars all day, but we can't. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to have to jump to insurance. Um, what's the most important data or tech issue facing the insurance industry? To me, it's the access and flow and understanding of data. There is data there. Agents have been asking for years through their systems, their management systems, and now more some of the other systems like agency KPI, how to get the most power from it. So it's along with the carriers, along with the networks, along with the agents, bringing all that together to provide clarity, and ensure that the accuracy is there, that flow. There's unstructured data that's out there. There's structured data. There's data coming from public and private points. So I feel like we're at this nexus, Jason, where there is just so much to do with it. Getting a clear picture of the flow and the possibilities and the power, I think that's that's the biggest challenge right now is, is understanding. And you can add to that if you want to jump yeah. on any of those points. Yeah, I so I agree with Ron. You know, I, I think the um, everyone has the best intention, right? Everyone, all these different stakeholders have data, right? Data is what I'm learning is really what people are thinking. Data is all this unstructured, large amount of data in a data warehouse, and they want it provided, <clears throat> excuse me, to to themselves so they can make decisions. And what you're finding is is it's important for the industry to look at the customer and say, what are they trying to solve, right? You just give someone data, you're creating another problem because now they have to understand what the data is trying to tell them. The real focus for our industry now is to simplify the message, right? What is the story you're trying to glean from the data? What are you trying to fix? What's the the problem statement? And then it's on the people who provide the data to not give them data, but give them information that can be actionable strategy, right? If If we just start providing large amounts of data, you now put it into somebody's hands where they have to create 
a querying mechanism. They have to have a, a data mark that they actually can extract the data and run pivot tables to try to say, what am I trying to say? Everyone's providing these pieces of the puzzle of data coming in. And I think coming together in an ACT format allows us to have a piece of the puzzle, but connect it to somebody else's piece of the puzzle so that we tell the bigger story. Long time ago, Ron, but download, real-time quoting, all these things that people took off their boxing gloves, came together and solved these problems. That's kind of where I feel data is at today. We're going to have to come together and understand that data has power as long as we you know, work it, work together. And to, to extend what Dan just said, I sure. think from my longer term view of the industry, I've been involved in acts since almost its inception. To Dan's point, it was bringing people to together to start to drive standards, carriers and vendors around download and the first iterations of real-time quoting for personal lines and getting those key first components in place. There is more willingness that I feel, see right now to share insights, to share challenges than there ever has been. The industry is at a great place when it comes to the willingness to work together and not just hoard, try to hoard whatever that secret sauce is that's going to come out anyway. Uh, to yourself, it's everybody benefits by working together and with, with data it, we've kind of stepped back a little. The willingness is there, but the confusion is, I think, greater than ever. And that that's all of our jobs. Mm-hmm. We all hear this personally with privacy issues with our smartphones and stuff like that. And now we're, we're now we're talking about data, you know, in, in an agent's business. How do you help agents overcome any fears or concerns about data? For a long time, relatively long time, when insure tech became the word, there was this fear about disruption. And, and I really got sick of that because there was just so much to gain with partnerships. And now those entities like Agency KPI and the other longtime vendors and the carriers are recognizing the great potential to work together, to streamline data, to clarify data, to improve accuracy, to plumb the depths of unstructured data and provide the carrier partners different insights on on some of the underwriting aspects. But from the agents, Jason, the standpoint there, it's clarifying what's going on in the industry, what is already there in their laps that they may be asking for but don't know they already have, and then how to extend that power with actionable insights, things that they can take action on to not only serve their customers better, to work with their carriers and get information through their partners like Agency KPI in a more expedited fashion, and I guess to streamline their workflows and save work, but to clarify those different components as well as the security aspects that you were mentioning a bit earlier. So that continues, I think, to be the challenge. The fear is when you don't understand. You don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And that's job one for all of us. He's right, right? The fear and the concerns around data are number one, the sheer amount and what do I do with it, right? It's coming in from everywhere and what do you do? The reality is the concerns are, is the data even correct? Is someone running the data and has it been validated and is what I'm seeing accurate? And even if it is accurate from their standpoint, if it's, if it's not provided in the same fashion from the other sources necessary to tell the story and it's an apples and orange, you can't really tell the story, right? So it lends into the importance of the 
data providers, the folks who have data that are providing it, to come up with a standard, right? Mm. A way of defining industry-based terms, validating that, and, and, and making sure that we deliver in a consistent method. And one thing Ron said, and I would, I would reiterate, is to improve data quality. To have 100% accuracy in the data is always a tough situation to say that we're 100% accurate because a lot of it's point in time reporting, right? As of today, this is the way it looks. Ron runs his data tomorrow. It may look a little bit different, but we need to be able to identify those gaps and at least speak to that. Tell the customer where the differences are, but stay to the standard definitions. And one thing I will speak uh, as far as agency KPI that I've learned as I've gone through the journey that I have working with a lot of carriers and networks and, and agency customers, the carriers are appreciating being able to provide the data because now we standardize it. Very simple, right? Just a very simple request that we're actually building into agency KPI, but we standardize the terms and we work with the carriers and they're like, yeah, if it's standardized, you're defining it, we can provide it. But when they don't really know what they're supposed to be providing and they're, they think they're providing an agent one thing and the agent's getting something different from another carrier, it's really hard to bring the two together to understand the story you're trying to tell. To Dan's point about creating those standards, there's been an influx in the past year and a half of entities coming into our industry um, claiming to have the silver bullet for data. We've got everything you need for data. And that's added to that confusion, I, I think. And, and that's all of that is natural and organic, but it's getting consistent consistency around how we talk about data, how we work with the data, and, and that's the standards. That's what it comes down to. Ron runs in part of his ACT organization, a work group called Data Driven Industry. And it, it really is a great opportunity for people listening to this to get involved. Ron has an open door policy to where he can have technology providers, carriers, agencies come together and we can start defining those standards. And it happens when we come together and we communicate and we talk and we work together. That's when things happen. And, and I really do want to call out and appreciate act for actually pulling this together because it really is an area that has done a lot of things historically where we bring people together. But I feel like through this work group, we have a great opportunity. And Ron, I don't know if you want to elaborate on, on that work group. Yeah, I'm just the facilitator of that discussion. We've got some great people in that group. In fact, that data-driven industry work group has more interest from the carriers and vendors and agents equally than pretty much any other work group we have. Um, we haven't created a product, but we've talked through, okay, agents, what do you think of when the word data is used? What are your challenges? What are your perceptions? What are your needs? And what is success? We've done that with each of those stakeholders, and now we're bringing that together. We're going to kind of create a state of the state, if you will. With data, I think what we're going to do, because it's like AI, it's it's evolving. Um, it's being defined with standards, but we need a state of the state so that all of those stakeholders, like you were talking about, Jason, how, how do you help agents overcome their fears around data? Mm -hmm. This is intended to help. Here's a snapshot of what data and business intelligence, analytics, actionable intelligence, collaborative planning, and benchmarking look like right now. And here's how you can take that and move it forward. Yeah, that gets to the advantages that agents can look forward to with technologies like ours at Agency KPI. Elaborate on that just a little bit. What are some of the advantages? You know, give me an example possibly an agent can look forward to, Dan or or, or Ron. 
Well, I guess, Ron, I'll take the first one. I think what they're going to get the advantages is actionable information. Um, I think it's important that we take a step back and say, what is the agent's job in the industry? It's to sell insurance and and to to, uh, service the customers, right? It's not necessarily to be a database whiz or a data scientist and understand the algorithms of what goes into rate. That's what other folks are supposed to do. That's the teammates. There's other parties that actually should be providing that information to the agent so they can spend the time doing what they need to be doing. And I think that what they're going to get through these this kind of work is actionable information through a data standard that the data source providers can come in to, let's say, technology providers, vendors, or carriers that can actually glean the information back to the agent in quick, actionable segments so they can make decisions and give it to them in quick little snippets of what are we trying to say? What do you need to do? And allow them to take action. They don't need to know that there's a whole data set with 100,000 rows that's doing, they just need to know the end story is, this is what I, this is what the data is trying to tell me. This one is very clear. It's actionable. Actionable is the key word. And Dan is right. What would be better than being an agent giving the best service you possibly can to a customer and then to to use business intelligence and even some predictive act, actions behind that to be able to say, you know what, this, this customer has a, a chance to move on. Let's reach out to him and strengthen that partnership and have a save for the carrier and the agency. It's all about understanding the customer's needs and just as Dan said, free and clear understanding what you need to do with it. It's that actionable data. And that helps not only the the big agencies that have multi-locations that can streamline at, at large scale, but also the typical big I agency who is considered a small to small medium agency, right? Just streamlining that agency, increasing efficiencies and being able to serve your customer at much better speed and in much better ways. You guys both know me well, and you know I'm a guy who makes analogies to make an analogy to make an analogy. So carriers in the industry are are like a curling team. And our job is to throw the throw the curl or whatever you call it, Ron, the, puck the rock down the rock down the ice. The data team, you know, the service buyers. We are the broomers, right? We're trying to massage the data, the, all the information, so that it lands appropriately in the space that the agent can take the information and, and understand it. So I, I think that we all serve a purpose, right? And, and our job right now with data is to help guide it where it needs to go. Ron is a professional curler. Not professional. I curl quite a bit. Oh, wow. So, so to extend that analogy, and as an aside, I've curled quite a bit. I've never sat on a curling sheet and thought, you know, this is a lot like data and the stakeholders involved <laughs> in that. But to extend it, there is a skip at the end of the ice that's calling the shots. That's as the, the stone gets to the house, that target at the end, that is making those last adjustments. And that's the action. So it's... I. In, in your analogy, Dan, that would be the agent. That's We're the ones who are going to be the catcher's mitt for all of this. We're, we are the eventual users of all of this. We need to be able to understand and guide what's coming to us. Wow. I, I would have never come up with that one, but that's a good analogy. <laughs> and Jason, I would say that skip is exactly right, right? I think another big takeaway from data is remember who we're doing it for. As, as providers or carriers or vendors, remember who we're doing it for. And sometimes ask the agent, 
what is it you need? What is it problems that we're trying to solve for you and make sure that our data meets what they're trying to do. Instead, what we do is we throw all this data at people and say, why aren't you using it? Well, it wasn't really the business problem they were trying to solve possibly, or they didn't know how to use it. And that's a a clear takeaway from all of the stakeholders, uh, Jason, in the data-driven industry work group that we'd identified out of the gate. It's like, yeah, we're creating a lot of data here. How much of it is actionable? How much of it is needed? And what should we be doing with that core critical component? Well, this has been a great discussion. Uh, Both of you provided a lot of insight, which is fantastic. Uh, Ron, back to you personally, when you're not in the office, uh, you can be found ice fishing. Is that true? Uh, In the winter, I do it a lot. I'm in the land of lakes. I do it all winter. I dream about it all summer and I get ready all fall. That's There's something about being out on the frozen ice and lest anybody listening think I'm sitting out there on a bucket at 40 below. (laughs) I did that in my 20s. Now I have a camper ice fish house that you tow it to a spot, you hit a button, it's on hydraulics, it lowers down, it's got heated floors, a fireplace, full kitchen bathroom. It's not roughing it. But yeah, there's something about pulling a fish through the ice. In the wintertime, their their flesh is so much firmer and tastier than summer. It's, it's fantastic. And you don't have to wait in line with a bunch of other yahoos in the summer to back your boat in and access. <laughs> We're going to post pictures of that. And also, I'm going to post a video of you and your buddies uh, making the the carousel with the ice. Oh, the ice carousel. Yes. I can't believe it, but we're out of time. Dan, Ron, thank you both for being on the podcast today. That was great. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. In fact, if you have someone who you think we should have on the Agency KPI blog or podcast, Drop us a line there at agencykpi.com. I'm Jason Meeker. Thanks for listening.